What's up, bonus pod edition? We're here. It's draft week. I don't even know what day it is. It's uh, April 25th. Sam Favada here, Chasing Points podcast special bonus pod today. I had this whole idea that our favorite draft expert and friend of the podcast, uh, Dave Sepperson, was going to come on today. We we're going to talk a lot about the upcoming draft on Thursday in Kansas City. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers got traded. And there's not a bigger Jets fan that I know than this man. Welcome back to the podcast, Dave Sepperson. What's up, my friend? How are you, sir? Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, it's what the a day. It's, uh, it's been yeah, incredible timing. We're all prepped to talk about the draft. Uh, and then our favorite team trades for the quarterback that we've known about for what feels like, I think, 40 days plus. Uh, so it finally came down. And we'll talk about the compensation, which has been my biggest issue. I definitely am... Not going to speak for a lot of Jet fans because I've been pretty anti-trading for Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I've come around on the idea. Obviously, I had no choice. But I can explain why when we get into it. And Joe, want to it big so Joe Douglas we'll isn't Joe Douglas isn't picking up the phone for your calls. Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, Joe Douglas <laughs> does not need my opinion. He knows what he's doing. He's a good GM. Uh, like I said, we've, we've talked in the past. He's drafted players that I've talked about on this pod before that I liked, and then he went out. Two days later, three days later, and made those picks, and I was very excited. So he listens. He He's a fan. He must clearly. be clearly, yeah. He and I are definitely on the same wavelength. The Rogers thing, clearly not, but I'll get into why. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I guess we're just gotta get in, into the big news Tuesday morning as you're listening to this. Thank you so much, and Dave, thanks as always for coming by. I've known Dave for way, way too long, and in, in the best of in the best of terms. So. Really excited to uh, be able to talk to you. But yeah, the Packers finally did it. Aaron Rodgers is headed to New York, New Jersey. Uh, and they traded, the Packers traded Aaron Rodgers and the number 15 pick in Thursday's draft. Also a fifth round pick in this year's draft to the Jets. And the Packers are getting back number 13, which was the Jets pick. So just moving up a couple spots there. Second round pick this uh, this year, I think it was like 41 or 42. I know 42. we have back-to-back. Yeah, we have back-to-back picks there. Sixth round pick and a conditional. I think this is the one that getting a lot of people like, what's going on here? Uh, we'll get into that too. But a conditional 2024 second rounder that could become a first round pick if uh, Aaron plays 65% of the snaps or um, total snaps of of the season or something along those lines. So uh, it, it happened. 18-year uh, run in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers is done, included a Super Bowl title and four MVP awards. You kind of already alluded to it a little bit, Dave, but what were your, you know, we've known about this for a while now, but what are were your impressions then and what are your impressions now? Uh, so I'll start it off the bat with now because I think those people want to hear the most. Um, it's a fair trade. To be frank, it is a fair trade when you really look at it, like considering what some other quarterbacks have gone for. We've seen the Russell Wilson trade. We've seen um, what quarterbacks can hit, you know, two, three, four first-round picks. Um, you know, it's fair. My caveat was you traded a first – let's just call it a first next year. Yeah. Because I'm expecting Aaron Rodgers to stay healthy. And there's no reason he will, you know, unless, and if he gets injured, that would be terrible and worst case scenario, because who knows what happens after that. But let's just assume he stays healthy. It's a first round pick. Let's just say you're trading a first, a second, 
Um, and the equivalent of a trade down is, you know, fourth or whatever it is. That is not that much when you think about it. But my argument has always been, and the reason I didn't want Aaron Rodgers is I wanted Lamar Jackson. And now people are going to be like, why would you want him? You know, he's injury prone, yada, yada, yada. My argument is he's younger. Uh, money to me is not a, a determining factor because it's not my money. It's Woody Johnson's money. I think we're paying Aaron Rodgers a ton of money anyway. Um, and I just like that Lamar is younger. I like that his window fit better with the nucleus of the Jets team. Rodgers is clearly a win now play, and I get it. And they're going, you know, boomer bust. They're trying to win a Super Bowl, and I love that. Trust me, I want to win a Super Bowl. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Rodgers, you know, delivers the Jets the Super Bowl. But listen, I'm a pessimistic Jets fan. I've <laughs> been following this team a long time, and nice things usually don't happen to us. So my gut feeling is this is going to blow up in our face in epic proportions. Rodgers is going to hate it here. It's going to be terrible. And after a year, he's going to be like, I am out of here. Goodbye. I'm retiring. I don't have one of this team ever again. That's the way my brain works. Uh, and maybe I'll be wrong and he'll love it here and things will go super smooth and he'll win an MVP and the Jets will head to the Super Bowl with all their young talent led by the first legitimate quarterback they've had since Joe Namath, sorry, since Chad Pennington, but truly Joe Namath. <laughs> uh, never want to sign him that guy, Chad. Um, but yeah, that's really what it came down for me was, you know, if you can get Lamar for two firsts and a big contract with a poison pill, I'd rather have that than right. potentially one year Aaron Rodgers. And that's always what it came down to. You know, I wish the conditional was not a first. I wish it was just a second or, you know, and I would, if it was just a second, Totally fine. I would have been cool with it. At the end of the day, like I said, it's still a fair trade. Um, and I'm not going to like go crazy. Joe Douglas did a good job. Uh, Goots for Green Bay did a good job. I thought both guys used their leverage, which everyone's been screaming about for, uh, for a know, while now. Yeah. A month now. I thought they both did a good job. And, you know, listen, this was the deadline. We all knew if it did get done by the draft, we'd have real problems because then who knows what I got done. So they, this was the deadline. They got it done. And that's all well and good. And, you know, now we'll see if Rodgers is bought in, if he's going to come to OTAs or he's going to just show up to training camp. Who knows? Um, but, yeah now, yeah, now the excitement starts. The Jets have a quarterback who they're building around. And, uh, you know, they still have a first-round pick, which is super important because there are a lot of really talented players. And the roster is not perfect by any stretch. Um, I think if you talk to any Jets fan, they will tell you, like, we're better off than we were yesterday. But uh, we're not perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I on the Lamar thing real quick. I I didn't quite understand. I don't quite understand the market in general for him or lack thereof. And I thought maybe with with Joe Douglas's ties to Baltimore and his former boss is still running the the show down there. That if Lamar would have, if that could have happened, it probably would have happened. So, um, you know, I'd rather give two first round picks than give them to green Bay. I'd rather give them the Baltimore for Lamar Jackson, but I understand this is the ultimate boomer bust though. I mean, we've seen this happen before, you know, just 15 years ago or so with, with Brett Favre to, to a degree. Um, clearly the compensation was not near what, uh, what it is now, but you know, it's a kind of a, a testament to what Joe Douglas has built for this team because we have the assets to be able to do this. 
And, uh, you know, there haven't been too many moves that haven't worked out. Um, you know, certainly one of these picks is, is due to Elijah Moore, not, you know, not working out and he's off in, in Cleveland now, but, but so, yeah, you know, uh, they're big game hunting and, you know, we could very well be in the same position in next year, if not two, definitely two years, but, you know, we'll, we'll take it. This is the best chance that we've had to, to be relevant in a very long time. And, I agree with you. I love the nucleus of this team and um, s- certainly the defense and the, the skill players that are going to surround this guy. And I'm just, I'm glad he's committed. Uh, I have, I worry about him too. in in this market, obviously, you know, the New York market, I do. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he plays like a tough guy with the media, but I, I think it, you know, and he's human, but, you know, as much as he says things don't bother him, I think it's the exact opposite. Um, so, uh, you know, I I hope he doesn't hate it here come come August at least. But you know, we're the Jets; we always win March and April. It's it's about you know winning in November, December, and January at this point. But yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. But huge, you know, reunited with Nathaniel Hackett here. Uh, you know, was won two of uh, two MVPs and three seasons with him. Uh, you know, good, good friend. It sounded like when, uh, when Aaron was talking to Pat McAfee, when he was revealing his intentions, he, he didn't call him by name, but he was very, you could just see the, uh, the expression on his face and, and the tone of his voice that he was happy to, to be reunited with his former OC. Yeah. I think they've done everything they possibly can to build a sustainable, winning team for this season around Aaron Rodgers, bringing in guys like Alan Lazard, who he's comfortable with, his offensive coordinator that he won an MVP with. So I think Rodgers will be comfortable, and I think he's going to be fine. You know, the media stuff, listen, I don't think, like, he's he's a pro's pro. He's been, he's dealt right. with national media forever. I think he's going to be sick of, like, New York media who have to write a story every day and just, like, sometimes. Right, the it's BS mostly, questions yeah, and, the, you know, stuff. yeah. And he's just be like, why are we talking about this? But that's what sells papers in New York, so, like, he's just going to have to learn. Like, that's how it goes. Um, you know, as for the Lamar thing real quick, because I'll delve back on it, just in, p- in case anyone does care. I truly think the reason Lamar Jackson's situation is the way it is, is I think everybody knows the Ravens are going to match. So no yeah. team is willing to go out there and say, like, here's a contract, because, like, they just know they're doing the work the Ravens ultimately are going to have to do. Like, if you sign Lamar Jackson to a contract, unless you have an insane poison pill uh, in there to make it so that Baltimore can't match it, ultimately, like, they're going to match it. They're going to keep bringing back, because, like, he is their offense. He is the you know, leader of that team, and clearly they brought in Odell Beckham Jr., who Lamar's excited about. Like, he's going to play with them. Like, he will be yeah. a Raven. He will resign. They'll come up with some kind of deal. He'll get his guaranteed money, uh, and everything will work out. When that is, I don't know. Nobody does, but, you know, they'll figure it out. He's definitely going to be in Baltimore. And, you know, I wish him best of luck. I like Lamar Jackson. I think he's a really good player, uh, clearly an MVP in the league, so he knows what he's, what he's doing, and I hope he stays healthy. I've always been a fan. I liked him coming out of the draft, um, and, you know, he is not – done anything in the league to prove to me otherwise that he's not a great quarterback and uh, that you could win with him. He clearly is a winner. Um, so, you know, they just need to surround him with more talent. I've always said that with Baltimore. Yeah. They're, they're good, but they need more. And so, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're big. Well, this is Lamar Jackson fan always. Always podcast. Fan. So um, yeah, definitely speaking, you know, speak for Brennan with, with that one there. Um, you know, the Packers get out from under, you know, $60 million guaranteed money for 2023. They still have a dead cap hit 
of $40 million, according to over the cap. So, you know, he signed that three year 150 ish contract last season. And, and, you know, that's, that's, you know, one of those things that needed to be done on both sides in a way, but uh, you know, the ramifications of that uh, will, will be interesting to see. And you have Jordan love who you're, you know, if they haven't already, we'll pick up that option and have two years or so to, to figure out if, if he's the answer under center, but if the, the irony of using this 13th overall pick to get someone like uh, Jackson Smith and Nijigba, who I, you know, we're both big fans of from Ohio state, you know, would just would not be lost on me to no, finally serve. Yeah. That's the guy I wanted to just draft before they signed Lazard before they brought in Rogers back in the day, he was like my number one target. And I would talk with uh, my buddy, Pete Pekoski, uh, who covers the Packers. And he is in love with that guy. He wants him so bad. And rightfully so. I think he's the best receiver in the draft uh, at a, to me, a week, a week fielded position. Um, so, you know, We'll see where he yeah. goes. Uh, I think Green Bay would be a great landing spot for him. I think Jordan Love's a legit good quarterback, and uh, I think Green Bay fans are sad to see Aaron Rodgers go because they know what he's meant to that team and the memories they've made with him. I think there are some that are just like, goodbye, good riddance, you're kind of a pain now, very much like Favre was at the end, and they're like, you know what, let's just see what Jordan Love is. But uh, I think they're excited. They know it's time to turn the page. and you know. Yeah, this is the writing's been on the wall for a while, and I think uh, you know, kind of mutual on on clearly mutual on both sides at this point. Sure. But he'll have his time in Green Bay. That number will be in the rafters, and certainly he's he's walking into the Hall of Fame first first ballot, no no doubt as as one of the best quarterbacks, at least from a you know not only numbers wise but just from a skill set standpoint. He is um, you know he's certainly up there, but yeah, I'd uh, make an argument that he's maybe the most talented NFL quarterback of all time. Yeah, yeah, and I and I've said that for a really long time, and I, you know, I feel like the tools that he's had and has, and that has made him a perennial, you know, All Star and an MVP, um, or Pro Bowler in this case, but uh, are what you look for in a quarterback, and I think that's only in today's NFL. You know, he's. He was Patrick Mahomes first, not to, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is more of like maybe the 99th percentile as far as some of these attributes go, but, but he said, you know, he's in that mold and I, you know, certainly that skill set is, um, you know, unmatched for, um, for real. So, but yeah, you know, why, why did the Jets do this kind of, uh, you know, miserable Jets fan here as well so going down this rabbit hole of seeing our dismal history especially under center much love to our uh, favorite quarterback Chad Pennington but the Jets have had one season with a 4,000 yard passer in their history didn't know this not surprised by this it was 1967 Joe Willie uh, was the first player also to ever throw for 4,000 yards in that season so uh, you know it's that's not lost on me either. And I, I saw this on Twitter from uh from actually Matthew Barry. Um I, I guess he's with, with NBC now, but a Jets quarterback has not thrown ten plus touchdowns in a season since twenty nineteen. Jets last quarterback to throw twenty plus plus touchdowns was Fitzpatrick in twenty fifteen, where we barely missed the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers has eight career seasons with thirty touchdowns or more. Jets have one. 
one. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to it's gonna be so. fun to watch him. You know, it's, I was talking to my brother about this, and he was I remember how excited he was when we traded for Brett Favre, and you know, people look back on that and it was it didn't work out well, but like for a good chunk of the season, I think we were like seven and one heading yep. into that tennis game, or we lost we, we lost the tennis game, or I don't know, but it was. Uh, we were really, really cooking, and then the wheels fell off the bus and got injured. Uh, you know, but you know, there's a chance that this works out great for the Jets, and he is the missing piece. And Rogers is the kind of guy who is not going to go down without a fight. Like he is going to try and like revenge tour Triple X. He's going to come out and just try and kill people and put up 500 yard passing <laughs> games and just you know, throw for 60 touchdowns. Like, he's going to have oh, – I yeah. think he's going to try and have his best season of all time. Uh, and that's exciting. But <sighs> watching him last year, I was a little worried that he was a little cooked and that he was not the player that was the MVP only even, I think, two years ago. But <sighs> he was injured, and hopefully that is what was slowing him down and he's going to come out you know, reinvigorated and just – light the world on fire and everybody else get out of the way because the Jets are coming. That would be the best best case scenario for us Jets fans. Uh, but as I always say, if you're a Jets fan, you should expect uh, sadness. Uh, so uh, odds are he will, uh, you know, punch Garrett Wilson in the face or something. Um, and the whole team's going to yeah, uh... from the inside. So, But <laughs> we'll, we'll wait and see. It's going to be exciting to see. I definitely uh, think he's going scorched earth. Um, I think reputation and, or maybe not reputation, but his legacy matters to him. I, I think, uh, you know, all, all of the greats, it's certainly, um, you know, that's, there's, there's pride behind that. And, you know, to, to ha have another, to put, get another ring and to, to do it without the Packers and to do it at the age that he is, you know, um, you know, would certainly probably mean mean something to him. I'm not going to pretend to be Aaron Rodgers or know what's going on in that head of his, but because um, that would be a fool's errand. But you know, yeah, yeah. Here's as a as Jets fans, and we'll be just incredibly biased, and um, I I think we're we're pretty realistic as as far as that goes because we've pretty much seen it all. You know, we're we're hoping, and you know, speaking odds. Speaking of the odds, they just, you know, uh, incredibly went into the Jets' favor uh, just, you know, hours ago here. I, I had them pulled up. I can't find them now, but I know it's pretty favorable at this point. I think it was like plus 1,200 uh, after after the trade there. Um, so just expectations for, you know, real quick before we, we head to draft stuff, like expectations both of these teams. I mean, you have... Certainly, we you know we'll we'll talk about what uh, both these teams would do in the draft, but um, you know fortifying that line. But the the skill players are there for the Jets. The defense is you know looked great last year, and hopefully only get better. And what uh, I guess start with the Jets. What what are you expecting from from the squad in twenty twenty three? I'm expecting a ten win team. I'm expecting a wild card. I don't think they're going to win the division. I still think this is the Bills. I think they're really talented. Um, but, yeah, I think they're going to be a playoff team. And then once the playoffs start, if everybody's healthy, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but, yeah, I do expect a playoff team. Uh, and 
I'm hopeful for a long run. As I've said, I don't think it's going to work out. It's a pessimist in me. I'm sorry, Jets fans. Uh, I wish I was more positive. I normally am in real life, but when it comes to the Jets, I've just been beaten down too much. So, yeah, I'm expecting us to lose, you know, let's call it the – let's just say we're losing the AFC Championship to make it fun. <laughs> been, uh, been there before. Uh, yeah, they were plus 1,400 to win the Super Bowl. You know, those are the updated odds as of this afternoon. After the Super Bowl, they were plus 2,500. And the Packers are now five thousand uh, plus 5,000. So I guess transitioning to that, uh, you know, I I like what I've seen from Jordan Love. You know, certainly the reports have, have been good. Uh, you know, the Packers are at a point where they need to see what they have. Um, but your thoughts, I, I guess, on, on Jordan Love, especially just watching him, you know, through the draft process and, you know, certainly not much tape lately, but just uh, what do you think he could bring to? Yeah, to when I've seen him play, I've, I've enjoyed it. I think he does a good job. And um, I think he's, I think he's going to do well for the Packers. I still think they need a lot of web in the offense. The running game is really strong, and that's the thing they should lean on. They should be running the ball a ton. And really letting him uh, get into a rhythm from that, um, but I think seven and nine feels like the right record for the Packers. They're in a you know not a tough division. I think the Lions are still good, but Minnesota, yeah, uh, Chicago, you know. So it's not like there's a team in there. You're like, oh, that division is going to X. Uh, and if you told me any one of those teams won the division, I could be like, okay, I could see that uh, for very varying reasons. So. Uh, yeah, that's why I go with the Packers. Seven and nine, I think they'll miss the playoffs, but I think they're going to see enough out of Jordan Love that they're going to feel like, all right, we got our guy, and now it's about uh, adding more talent to this team, building up the defense, and uh, you know, rebuilding <laughs> and getting some of that money back from Rogers' contract and signing free agents. And yeah, the Packers yeah. are a well-run organization. If they miss the playoffs this year again, it's they're not going to be out of it long. They'll be back in the AFC playoffs very shortly. Yeah, rebuilding on the fly for sure. Um, and you know, this they can they can make a move like this and and take on a lot of that cap money when you have someone who is on a rookie deal like Jordan Love and and the same with with the Jets here. You know, Zach Wilson's contract is not what you know Sam Sam Bradford's contract was in 2008 ish or whatever it was. But you know, I guess real quick. Before turning to the draft, uh, I just mentioned Zach Wilson. You know, I I like Zach Wilson, but at, you know, I've I've said for the last couple years that he just looks like a um, mid-major quarterback who had one really good throw at a combine or a pro day sometimes. And um, you know, my thoughts on him have evolved as the two years have passed. And certainly I just think uh, he was, uh, and we've talked a lot about this just personally, but I, you know, I think he certainly has found out that he needs to grow up or had to grow up and uh, you know, hopefully he can stick somewhere and make it work. But is the Zach Wilson experience over in New York? Uh, I'm going to say no. I think this actually might be the best thing that could happen to it for him. Um, He, he is going to love working with Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to learn a lot from him. He needs to sit back and just kind of soak up everything that Rodgers does and study and train, you know, 
I don't think he's a bad teammate. I think the guys like him. Um, you know, I think he made a boneheaded decision last yeah. year when he said what he said. And I think he knew it when he talked to his family. Like, his dad texted him like, the next thing, like, what are you doing? I think, like, you know, he's not a dumb guy. He's, he's and he's not untalented. Like, I've, you know, I like Zach Wilson coming out of the draft, and I stand by that. Like, he's still got talent. Um, but I think his confidence took a major hit, and I've said this before, uh, and I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. If you're an athlete of any kind, confidence is one of the most important things you have to have. If you're not confident in your abilities, in what you're doing on the field, you're not going to play well, you know? And I think his confidence is very, very poor right now. I think there's a chance they can build it back up. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to do a really good job of helping him build it back up because that's the kind of guy who has an extreme confidence, no matter what anyone says, no matter what anyone thinks. Right. He knows who he is and he knows what he can do. Uh, and he's going to hopefully instill that in Zach and say, hey, you know, you're talented. There's a reason you were drafted the, the, you know, as high as you were. And let's go out there, sit back, shut up, listen to what I have to say, and you will see how to run this offense, you know. And who knows? Maybe we'll see in the preseason that he starts taking off and we'll be like, all right, great. We have a good young backup that if God forbid something happened to Aaron, we feel confident that Zach can come in and maybe play a little bit. You know, every year is different. If you had told me last year at the start of the season that Geno Smith would have a right. better season than Russell Wilson, I would have laughed in your face and said, you are the dumbest person on the planet. You've never watched football. You don't know what you're talking about. And hey, I look like a moron with egg on my face because Geno Smith. Had a oh, we were there. We watched that. Yeah, I we watched that draft together. All of Geno Smith's Jet tenure. Never thought he was going to be what he is now. Kudos to him. You yep. know, put him to work and you know regain that confidence. I truly think confidence was gone in New York. Went to a few different you know backup spots and regained it. Got an opportunity, which you know opportunity coaching, all that stuff truly plays a factor into, you know, how you do. Listen, look at Trevor Lawrence. I think when he started in Jacksonville, uh, yeah. it did not go well. Now, new opportunity, new coaching system, much better. You clearly see what everyone saw at Clemson. So, like, all these things play a factor into why players uh, play the way they do. And so I'm hopeful that with a new offensive coordinator and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully instilled confidence, Zach Wilson can get back to playing good football, you know, it only helps the Jets if he's talented and, yep. and if he becomes the guy we want him to be because if Aaron Rodgers plays for, let's say, two years on a and best case scenario for me, two years, and they win a Super Bowl and he comes back and says, I'm going again, you know, or if he says, hey, I'm riding off into the sunset of champion, like hopefully that season of watching Zach, you know, they're going to need to figure out who the quarterback is anyway. So why not give Zach another shot and, you know, draft somebody else or, you know, go from there. But, um, you know, I'm yeah. hopeful that he has a chance to rebuild himself and become the guy that we all wanted him to be. Love it. Um, yeah, great, great insight as always, Dave. Um, speaking of rebuilding, we have to uh, let's let's shift gears here into Thursday's NFL draft. Of course, the first round uh, from Kansas City. I think eight eight p.m. Eastern on on Thursday, uh, and rebuilding the the chicago bears held the first pick in the draft and they traded about a month five six weeks ago to the carolina panthers for a haul that included you know multiple firsts throughout the next couple of years second round picks and 
and a receiver that we're both very high on and, and DJ Moore. So the Panthers now in the top spot um, and Texans right, right behind them, both, you know, in need of searching for that, that franchise quarterback. Uh, certainly. I, I think this is a year that we haven't had in a while where I really have no idea what's going to happen on Thursday. Whereas I feel like the media and or fans had a, a pretty good idea in the last few years. Certainly star quarterbacks will do that and, and top players will, will fall in line there. But, you know, the, initially after the trade, there was a lot of CJ Stroud rumblings, Frank Reich and, and the staff there in Carolina love Stroud. And now everyone's saying Vegas is saying it's Bryce Young. I know who you would pick. But let's say, who do you think will be the first pick in the draft? And who would you pick if you were the GM in Carolina? I think the first pick will be Bryce Young. I trust Vegas. Uh, and if I had the first pick, I would pick Bryce Young. He's okay. the best quarterback in this class to me. Um, and I'll talk about why in a second. But, you know, I like Frank Reich a lot. I think he's a good coach. Uh, I thought, he, you know, didn't work out in Indianapolis. And that's a shame but I don't think he's a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and you know what? I think Bryce Young is a really good quarterback. You know, there's a lot of like things that people talk about with him. Like, and we'll talk about the size, which is like the thing. Everybody's like, he's so small. And yes, he is. The height is not the issue to me. It's the weight. It's the durability. And like, this is the thing that everyone talks about. It's like, if he gets hit, will he be able to take like a punishing hit? Cause in the NFL, you're going to take big time hits. And if you're, a buck 90 and you don't have enough meat on your bones, like you're going to get injured. And that mm. is really concerning because you don't want to draft a quarterback who is going to be injured all the time. And so, you know, it's tough, but we actually, uh, I did an interview with Bryce Young earlier, uh, or I should say last week. Um, and he was like, listen, I've been this height and weight my whole life. Like this is who I am. I can't change it. And I've played this position my whole career like this. So I'm comfortable with who I am and, you know, people want to talk about it. They can talk about it, but like, I know my abilities, I know my talents and, you know, I know what I can do and I'm excited for the opportunity to show it at the NFL level. And, you know, he is a super bright kid and the kind of guy, in my opinion, who you want as the face of your organization. When you talk right. about like that safe, like, you know, not going to cause problems. Bryce Young is that like great head on his shoulders, really smart. I think that's the thing that really separates him is like, you know, we, we talk about the point guard uh, from the quarterback position. Like he will, he's like a, the ultimate game manager, you know, like he is truly reads the field incredibly well, keeps his eyes downfield, like at all times, you know, his arm strength is good. It's definitely not elite, um, but great footwork, really good at extending plays. So, you know, I think he scored, it was a 98 out of a hundred on the uh, S2 cognitive test, which measures how fast a player can process information and oh. then make decisions and that's like crazy high and we'll talk about cj stroud's score in a minute because that's been one of the knocks lately but like a 98 out of 100 is incredible he's clearly a bright dude and so yeah for me is durability concerning sure is he small sure but is he like am i worried he's gonna like you know the arm's gonna pop off no you know i think we've seen smaller quarterbacks play in the NFL, play well, some of that all of fame career. So, you know, yep. sure. Is he 
ideal, no, but he's worth gambling a first overall pick on. And you know, if you're getting, if you need a quarterback, his floor is very high. His ceiling maybe not as high as some of the others, but uh, still high. And I think he's gonna be a good quarterback in the NFL. So he's the best quarterback in the draft to me. He's who I'd pick at number one. Uh, he's who I think Carolina will pick at number one. Yeah, uh, yeah, great points there. And and two of our favorite quarterbacks of all time are have had that short knock on them and, and Drew Brees and, and Russ Wilson there. Um, so yeah, I, the height doesn't bother me that much. I, I, it, yeah, it is, it is the, the stature if you will, but again, he, he's not going to, to be anything other than Bryce young and the, you know, and, and the, all the reports and everyone, you know, from coach Saban to, you know, down the line, just rave about this kid and, um, you know, I, I think he'll be a, a pros pro and I, I think it was a lot for Carolina to give up. So it's, it's not an, an easy position to be in. Um, but this, this team, uh, you know, wants to kind of reset the table here. And I think that's a, that's a great place to start. Uh, you know, I, how big, how big is Kyler Murray? Like, I mean, I know like the height wise, but from a, from a weight standpoint, what is he? Yeah, he's 15 not, pounds more. Yeah, like, you know, not, yeah, he's not that much that. bigger. Um, you know, I, he's more athletic and he, he can run sure, more and sure. you know, he's got better capability. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, even when I talk about like Russell Wilson, who I love, like Russ is like thick, like he, I was never worried about Russ taking a hit in the NFL level. Like obviously the height was the biggest issue with him. But I'd never worried about him taking a hit. Drew Brees, like, listen, he got popped really good in San Diego, and that's why he got injured, and that's why he yep. ended up in New Orleans. So, like, it could be a situation like that where, like, if he takes a big hit and he gets injured, yeah, maybe he doesn't play in Carolina. But then he goes somewhere else and takes off and dominates. You know, it's it's impossible to project injuries. So I don't even like doing it because no. you of just never so. know. Somebody could tear an ACL walking down the street. So, you know, listen, yes – you want to try and mitigate all these risks when you're drafting that high and take some of those things away. But like, ultimately you got to watch the tape. You got to watch the player. And if you're like, am I comfortable taking this guy? Number one for me, I would be. And like, sure. If he gets really, if he gets a big hit and he gets injured, great. Not that I can do about it, but if he's talented and he's winning me football games, then guess what? We're going to keep playing him and he's going to recover and he's going to come back and then we'll put him out there again. And hopefully he can stay healthy, you know, but you know you can't control injuries, and uh, you can't prognosticate them. So it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not worth the time. You know, yeah. Like, do I wish he was weighed more? Sure, but it is what it is. Yeah, uh, and so so Stroud. I guess the the draft and in some people's opinion would start at, at pick two, and and certainly Texans also. I think they have the eleventh pick, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, as well from the. Uh, the Deshaun Watson trade there or 12th pick, excuse me. But what, what do you see the Texans doing at number two? I mean, is it, you know, ideally they would love to be in a position. I, I think the rumors have been Bryce young the whole time uh, there, but, but do you think, you know, I guess a little bit more on what you think about CJ Stroud and do you think he's, he's who the Texans are circling at too, or is it someone like Will Anderson, Bryce Young's teammate at Alabama? If we had done this podcast a week ago, I would have said, yeah, Stroud. It's got to be him. Now, 
I'm not leading Stroud. I, there's just so much noise, and this happens every year. It's silly right. season when you know the week before the draft, players get its name get dragged through the mud, and all sorts of crap is spewed, and most of it is garbage and you know not assault. The C2 test score of CJ Stroud, for people who don't know, uh, we said Bryce just scored 98. It's being reported that CJ Stroud scored an 18, which is really bad. Uh, now. There's is this like the Wonderlick test kind of it's thing? Like where like test, but a little more like it's a little more advanced. Um, yeah, Vince Young and, got you know, like a three or something like that. Yeah, here's the thing: it's like it's a piece of the puzzle, so it's not the ultimate. Sure. Of roster. course. And in saying that, I don't know if he gave a crap about this test. Maybe he just blew it off. Who knows? When you watch the film, the guy knows how to make decisions and accurately get the football where it needs to go. So, like, the test score is startling because what you watch does not resonate with that score because like accuracy he's the most accurate quarterback in the draft to me he showed at the combine his pro day yeah, th- throughout ball, his seasons in quickly, ohio state football he's i think it was uh i forget who it was somebody was calling a machine which is like fair like he's just perfect footwork he's such a natural throwing motion incredibly smooth like you know he's just he's poised he really is a poised quarterback and when you watch the film, he goes through his progressions really well. He doesn't lock in on one guy. Now, you can make an argument. He's had a ton of talent around him. You know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, it's just so many good weapons. So you can knock and say, well, if, if you put, you know, uh, Will Levis with those players, he'd have even fair. better stuff. Fair, fair point. I can't you know, uh, contradict that. But I think he's the kind of quarterback who does make players around him better. Um, and everything that I watched him, I was really impressed for, for a while. I almost had him as quarterback one. And I was like, I'm going to put him to just because of these knocks that are coming. And maybe I'm being dumb and he'll end up being the best quarterback in this draft and all this other stuff would be nonsense. Cause like when you watch him, he's just, he's so talented. Um, so I, I like Stroud a lot, but like like I said, who do I think they should pick? They should pick Will Anderson, in my opinion. And people might be like, what are you doing? They don't have a quarterback. Fair. But Will Anderson's the best player in this draft. And D'Amico Ryans, who's the new head coach, comes from uh, San Francisco. And what are San Francisco 49ers known for? Defensive They're, line. Yeah. And, like, and he that, also went to Alabama. Yeah. And so you need to build up the, off, the defensive line. And if you want to make the argument that, like, None of these quarterbacks are like guarantees because no quarterback is. But you think Anderson is a like you know generational the end in the Miles Garrett mold? Then it's worth picking him, and I think he is. So that's why I would pick. But Vegas seems to think the second pick is Will Levis, which if it is Will Levis and Houston takes him, I am so sorry, Texas fans. Like that, you do not deserve this. Yeah, I'll I heard be, that news today. Like this is getting a lot of buzz. Away if Vegas is and listen. I never want to bet against Vegas. I'm the kind of person I'm like, if Vegas says it, it's yeah. probably true because like they usually have the best insider information. They know what's going on. They're so tapped in. And so, but maybe somebody's trading up to two and we just don't know it. And it's like Indianapolis, who I think everyone has been reporting is in love with Levis. Maybe they're trading up to two to go get him because they don't want to miss him. And so that's why the information is out there. Who knows? I don't have that information. I can just tell you what I do know. And I can tell you if it's Levis at two to anybody, they are making it critical mistake in my opinion uh so yeah so i pick anderson if i'm houston 
Uh, and I would try and take, you know, another quarterback down the line. Uh, and we can talk about the third quarterback in this class uh, who I am in love with. And this is weird for me. We'll talk. It's, it's Anthony Richardson from Florida. If you've never seen him play, go watch his highlights. Yeah. Unbelievable. That kid is so talented. It is unreal. Now, I am the I've said this on this podcast before. I have screamed from the mountaintop. You can't teach accuracy. It's so hard. If you're not accurate, you, you know, everyone's big knock on him is his completion percentage is like 53%, 55%, whatever it was. The numbers do not show the full uh, picture to me. I actually think he's a little more accurate than people say. Now, is he like the most pinpoint accurate? No. But I watched his tape and like, he surprised me. He was throwing into some tight windows and hitting them. And, like, I was impressed. And then when you add in, like, the freak athleticism that this guy has, I think he's the most athletic quarterback that's ever measured before the draft. Yeah, we, we talked about it after the combine. Uh, he's taller than George Kittle. He's heavier than Hassan Reddick. His hands are bigger than DeAndre Hopkins. His vertical is higher than Devontae Adams. And his broad jump is longer than Odell. It's and he's a quarterback. And the thing is, if you wow. watch him play too, like the way he runs, like, and he doesn't even want to run. That's what's crazy about it. He's so fast, but he doesn't even want to run. He wants to be that prototypical sit in the pocket quarterback that sometimes you're like, dude, the like the lane is there. Go run, yep. please take it. Like, but he wants to be a quarterback. He wants to sit there and pick up our defense, which I appreciate. Like, you know, and everything you read about this kid is that he's super smart and like Beloved by like his coaches and teammates, just a really good guy, you know. He's just not polished. And listen, he started, I think it was 13 games. So the thing he needs more than anything is just experience and reps. And the tough part is if you're a coach in the NFL, you can make an argument this kid needs probably like two to three years before he's going to become like full potential. And the NFL as a coach, you don't only have that get time. two or three years yeah. and then you're fired. So if you're waiting for this kid to get good, you might be waiting for him to get good for the next guy who's taking your job. That's always tough. But to me, I would have t- – I'd take him. I love him. I just think the potential for what he could be is so incredible, especially with this new NFL, like mobile quarterbacks. I think he could become the next guy that we're all raving about. And so – I mean, know, just from a just from a profile standpoint – yeah. He's he's Cam Newton. I mean, and not even like from just a size sure. size perspective. From a size and like the, I mean, the accuracy, but like he's he's he might be a better athlete than Cam. Yeah, like it's crazy. I you know he's not as fast as like Lamar Jackson. Don't like get me wrong. I don't want to put the wrong image in people's minds, but he's just such a good athlete. He truly he's just a boomer bust prospect. He's either going to be the face of the NFL or he's going to be out of the league in like five years. Yeah, and. That's terrifying if you're a GM or a coach because you're putting your career on the line for, for this kind of guy. You know, you only get so many shots as a head coach as a GM. But, you know, listen, we can talk about some of the things he needs to work on. His footwork needs to get better. Um, he stares down receivers. He does make some weird decisions with the football. Um, you know, but ultimately to me, it's experience. It's He's just not experienced enough. And I am not usually one to start rookie quarterbacks, but I'll be honest, if I'm like Houston and I took him, I'm starting him right away because I think this kid just needs to play. He needs to learn. The question then becomes, and the concern really is when he struggles and he will struggle, you know, will it crush his confidence? You know, he's 
on the record, I listened to him talk, and he's like a perfectionist. So he's going to have to let go of bad decisions, bad plays. Those are going to happen. And he's just got to continue to, to understand, like, he is such a talent. He will get there if he just keeps working hard and doing the right things. But, you know, if his, if his confidence gets shattered, it's going to fall apart. Yeah. But, Especially man, on the teams that are potentially eyeing him anywhere from the Texans. You mentioned the Colts. Which I just don't see him as a. I don't see him as a general. as a Colt uh, Chris Neither. Ballard type of quarterback. Neither. I know that's been speculation there, but you know, I, he his his ceiling is so high, but the floor is so low. It just screams to me lo- the Raiders, like old school Raiders, to Al Davis Raiders. I just see. I would but agree. I don't think they're really going to take if it. If they didn't, if the head coach wasn't right, exactly. Uh, you know. Yeah, and they have Jimmy G there, and I yeah. originally thought that's where they would go, but I Here's I don't think, I think they're going should quarterback. Go to. I want him to go to Detroit. Okay. I would. Oh God, I love Dan Campbell. I'm on record as I think we even talked we, about this in the podcast. Yeah, we are a Dan I Campbell love podcast. Dan Campbell. I've always been a fan. I like him as a coach with the Dolphins, so I'm like, this is not like oh, you know, getting on the bandwagon thing. I've been driving the bus, uh, and like Goff is not a great quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback, but. Sitting behind him for a year and learning, and as I just said, I want him to play. But like I understand, like he can he can still learn while he doesn't play. I think Detroit would be great for him, and like God, him him with Dan Campbell would be so much fun if he becomes that guy and Campbell's that coach. Man, that would just be such an incredible duo. Uh, I and really the, hope Detroit just says like screw it, we're taking him. Like, yeah, and those receivers to too, same Brown. You know, hopefully Jamison Williams will stop gambling, which is, yeah, you know, uh, unfortunate uh, because I I love the kid. I, you know, from a a talent perspective, but, you know, we'll we'll get into that another day. But the the weapons that he has, I love DeAndre Swift. Um, That that would be a lot of fun. I mean, here's what kids here would be the best case scenario for him. Houston takes Will Anderson, too, and he falls to 11 and Houston takes him there. Uh, twelve, yeah. but yeah, twelve. That would be incredible. Oh, if if the Houston, Texans would plus plus plus, the Texans would sign up for that. I think any team in need of I a quarterback would sign I up hope for that. That's what happens because I think it would be incredible. And because you know, then he can play. They're going to be terrible. He just needs to continue to have, like I said, keep that confidence. They'll add weapons around him. Like there are, that is a bear covered in Houston offensively. Yeah, and um, a lot of a lot of talk too about the Titans making some noise trying to do move up from 11 there. Yeah. For these quarterbacks. I, uh, Malik Willis last year. So like, are they already giving up on him? Which just feels, I mean, I'm not surprised. I, didn't really uh, I mean, he, he didn't look great, but we in a similar mold to Richardson, we knew this was yeah. going to happen, you know, not mold as in a player, but just the, yeah. the situation, not as experienced. And I, the one thing going back to Richardson really quick is, you know, I I know he doesn't have a didn't have a lot of reps in college. You mentioned only thirteen games, but that doesn't really extrapolate or project well into the NFL. I feel like just recent history, like guys that come to mind with like little starting experience. I mean, something close to home, Mark Sanchez, right? Yeah. We both thought he should have stayed at USC. Sure. Um, you know, there just some some play you know i i had a list in my head and i'm going blank here but i know but you have to remember yeah. he also had a new coaching staff in sure. florida this year i so mean there are a lot of there are a lot of caveats i can make about why and if and if he had uh, cj and stroud's Tyler, weapons 
in Florida. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, the the sky's the limit there. And that, you know, it'd be interesting there. And, you know, there's been some slander by you, but for Will Levis, and rightfully so. I'm not, you know, he doesn't jump off the page and impress me, but I think there's a little bit more fire to the smoke because again, if if you have if you have like the the sharks and and Vegas murmuring this and, and you're you're well connected and know a lot of people that are certainly even more connected into the league and they're they're making these rumblings too you know i i thought maybe a four would be a good spot there i i imagine arizona would be dying to move out of three especially to sure. to reload there um you know what are your thoughts on will levis and so if you watch the film from two years ago You'd be like, wow, this kid is going to project really right. well. Last year's tape, not as, not nearly as good. So I think the shine is just off, off levels for me. Um, listen, he's the big thing about him. His arm is insane. Like he's got a, the strongest arm, arguably, in this draft. He, the problem is like he throws fastballs. He's he's a guy who's got a hundred mile per hour fastball and just throws that over and over and over again. The touch isn't there like you want it to be, um, you know, and. To me, like he looks the part. He looks like that prototypical stand in the pocket, you know. And he can move. He can run. He, I think he had turf field this year, which hurt him because uh, his rushing yards were way down. Um, but you also remember his old line of Kentucky, not good. So yeah. he was, you know, scrambling sometimes for his life, which also impacted his footwork because I was like, oh, his footwork's not very good. But that was also part of it, you know. But he's the kind of guy who wants to just wing it and throw it, so he doesn't need that great balance and. You know, like where you see CJ Stroud like set perfect every time, where he's like, boom, okay, boom, yeah, boom. machine as you mentioned, that. yeah, exactly. Like Levis just doesn't have that. Um, his accuracy to me is just not where it should be. Um, missed a lot of throws that he should have made. Like the guy who reminds me of that I just kept thinking about was like Kyle Bowler. Like <laughs> you're like it was just like wow, that kid's got an insane arm. Can throw he's eighty like, yards from his knees. Yeah, I remember. Knees. It's like yeah. okay, great, but like, yeah. That's a great comp. That's a great exactly. one. Exactly. The rest of that stuff just doesn't track. And so for me, that's where I am on Levis. I understand if someone loves him and falls in love with him. I get it. They'll pick him. God bless. Good luck. I've been wrong before, you know, uh, but I don't see it. He would He would not be on my first round board, that's for sure. So so of the first round board, you know, we t- – we, Obviously, the a lot of the the big storylines with any draft, especially with with the class like this, is the quarterback position. But and we touched on Will Anderson. We we love the you know the top receiver and and the draft uh, Smith Najigba. But who who are some other players that you know you just kind of jump off the page for you, or you know you would uh, you target if you were a GM? Yeah, there are uh, in a lot draft? of talented players in this draft. Uh, I did not get to watch as much film as I would like to have this year. I have a brand new yeah. six month old baby and a three year old. So my hands are as full as uh, they yeah, possibly I've can been be. There, so man. Very open with that. But I did watch some of the top offensive tackles because I do think the Jets are going to draft an offensive tackle. Um, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. He is projected as a guard, but he played tackle in college. He doesn't have the ideal size of a tackle. I think he's 6'4 uh, and his arms are like three inches shorter than you would want them to be. But hands down, best technician from an offensive lineman in the draft. Uh, I watched his tape against Aiden Hutchinson. Yep. Awesome. It I've heard of him. Very impressive. Really impressive. Um, incredible footwork. 
always has his hands and feet in sync. He just he is that guy who's like if he was like two inches taller and a little longer, number one, like top five pick, lock, offensive tackle. Uh, but because he's going to transition to guard, most likely, you know, is he Quentin Nelson? Maybe he's like Zach Martin, you know, Pro Bowl guard. Like he's yep. got all the tools to become a Pro Bowl offensive lineman. I actually think he still could play tackle in the NFL. Um, and I think he could be potentially a swing tackle guard player. So I, I would take him. And I think he's going to go uh, like just out of the top 10. I think the Patriots might take him about ahead of the Jets, which might crush me. Um, but yeah, he's great. Uh, the other guy I watched, Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle from Ohio State. He was on the tape when I was watching Stroud. Um, physical. And like when I say like he physically, he doesn't wait for players to come to him. Like he finds someone to hit. Like he's <laughs> not a guy that. who like looks for that. Uh, great run blocker, really long arms, explosive get off, nasty. Like this guy is he's probably gonna get penalties in the NFL because he finishes every everything. Hit. Yeah. He's like Mauler and like finishes every block. Sometimes probably past the whistle. Like he's just he is nasty. Um, he needs a little bit of refinement on his handwork. They got a little sloppy sometimes. Um, but overall, he's my – if we're going to put uh, Skrowski as a guard, I'd call Paris Johnson my number one tackle in the class. That's who I think the Jets will draft. I think Paris Johnson – You think he Jets makes there. it? You think he makes I think it? To, I think he'll fall to 15. Past the Bears? Um, yeah. Ah, okay. Uh, and I think he's going to be the pick. Um and then the last tech I really studied was Broderick Jones from Georgia. Yeah, I like I now, like Jones a lot. <laughs> in one play, I literally saw him block two players, one with each hand. Like on <laughs> one play, he just had one on each hand and pushed him back. It was incredible. Um, he looks effortless is the best way to say it when you watch him play. Like he just uses his natural strength to full potential. He's crazy strong. He flattens the defenders out in space, like as a pulling tackle, like incredible. Um, he needs to work on his technique. He's very much like, you know, I am very big and strong, but he's so physically strong that he just, I think he just knows he can just outmaul people and outstrength them. Um, but the, so the tape's impressive, but he needs some work. He needs refinement. Um, but man, if he does not look the part, <laughs> he definitely knows what he's doing out there. So, those are the three offensive tackles I really studied this year. Um, and, yeah, I, I think Jones or Johnson could be the pick for the Jets. Uh, I'm going to say it's Paris Johnson. That's where my gut's leaning. I have a strong feeling they're going to take a tackle in the first round and maybe a center in the second. They just did resign uh, McGovern, so possibly they now don't need to do that. But I still think center is a need they need for uh, next year and the future. Uh, we saw a lot of injuries for the Jets offensive line last year. So it could be one of those to Brickshaw, Nick Mangold dress, where they just, you know, beef up the O-line. But as I always say, Joe Douglas is a uh, build from the inside out. I could absolutely see them going with a defensive yeah. lineman. Uh, you know, we lost Sheldon Rankings. Um, so they have some bodies they could fill on the D-line. So if somebody's there that they love, I could absolutely see them taking O-line, D-line, uh, and or vice versa, you know. But we'll just kind of see how the board falls. I think the Jets are – in a good position where they're going to fill a position of need, uh, but also probably take the best player available. Um, you know, and they'll probably grab a safety later in the draft, another wide receiver in, you know, the middle of the rounds. Um, so 
that's where uh, that's where 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 I stand on. Uh, I love it. I, I I love it, man. Uh, and I love Nolan Smith too, from uh from Georgia, mm-hmm. for for the Jets because I I just think he's he's a great player. Had a had a good combine there, so love to see that. And I I do have to, we'll we'll end with this because Brandon wasn't able to to make this bonus pod. But what do you think? You know, we'll we'll skip the uh, second to last pick in the first round, but. What are you thinking at 10? Because when I originally, I'm like every other talking head now. I'm a hack who has a mock draft. Well, and I'm going to put another one out before actual draft day. But I had a like corner there, like Joey Porter Jr. at the time. um, And he hated it. (laughs) What do you think there? If anything, I, you know, he's pretty excited. The rumblings of Derrick Henry potentially coming to town in Philly. Uh, yeah. But I know he's really high on Bajan uh, Robinson as well. So any anything you uh, anything you wish upon? Taking, I can see them taking Skaronsky, uh, you know, as a, as a as a uh, another body in front of Hertz. Uh, yeah. You can never have an offensive tackles to protect your slash guards to protect your, you know, brand new shiny quarterback you just gave a monster contract to. Um, oh, who else could they take? Yeah, probably a, a D end an edge rusher like a Nolan Smith could potentially be there. Um, you know who, if he falls there, I would love to see them take, and he might not like it is uh, Bijan Robinson. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's well, crazy. Uh, he's... he's crazy incredible. Like, he's hands down the best running back in this class. It's not even close. And like, you put like who was the running back last year? Was it Miles Sanders? Yeah, Miles Sanders. Yeah. Um... Miles Sanders, a good player. Yeah, good player. Actually, very good player. But I think B.J. Robinson could be very special. So, like, you give Robinson to that team with Hurts, like, catching the pass out of the, passes out of the backfield, he's awesome at it. Yeah. Maybe, he literally doesn't do anything poorly, in my opinion, besides maybe, like, blitz assignments. But even that, he's, like, still very, very good. Um, he's probably, like, the perfect running back prospect. So, yeah, I would love to see him in Philly. That would be – oh, my God, that would be incredible. Yeah, I think he I, – I think Brandon would, would – uh sign up for that i know he's pretty excited about the derrick henry rumors i think he's gonna go yeah somewhere. you think so really yeah i do okay. think he's good i think his talent is just so so insane that like somebody's gonna be like we can't let this guy go it's like a saquon barkley style thing like yeah he's yeah. in that mold definitely he's, not, he's just he's so talented prospect. and when you talk about offensive weapons like he's arguably the best offensive weapon in this draft uh outside of like a quarterback position so like why wouldn't you want him you know he's I know running back is a devalued position in the NFL now, but uh, there are guys who are still super special who deserve that, and Robinson was one of them. Love it. Love the uh, the insight as always, Dave. Thanks uh, so much for for joining us on this special uh, bonus pod, bonus bonus pod, because we did not think when we uh, made this uh, appointment weeks and weeks ago that this would be the day that our Jets land a, a you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, but uh, you know, thanks so much. And and how can uh, the people listening reach uh, yeah, you? I'm get on, in contact I'm, with you. I'm still or just on follow Twitter. You uh, no blue check mark. Never had. Never will. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me at Dave Sepperson on Twitter. Shoot me your thoughts on the draft. Tell me I'm an idiot. It's fine. I don't care. I have very thick skin. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, I'm excited about the draft. I hope everyone enjoys it and guess the player they want and. You know, as I always say, I, I'm rooting for chaos. I just love 
when the board doesn't go the way people want and just it starts going all over the place because that's what makes the draft the most fun to me is if we know who's getting picked, you know, and then it's like, all right, this is paint by numbers. When If Will Levis is the second pick, I'm going to like, let's go. Like, everything's going to fall into chaos. This is going to be mayhem. Yeah, it's absolute mayhem. Yeah. I love it. I, like, I, I truly think this is the year if you talk to NFL GMs and executives, they'd be like, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, I really, truly think that, like, in years past, you kind of were like, all right, I know the top ten. Like, if I mocked it this year, which I haven't even done, maybe I will. I probably won't. Uh, I'd just be like, I, I don't even know. Throw against darts against the wall. Yeah, it's like, it reminds me of dog and let it fall out of a bucket and see which one lands in. And right. Totally. Yeah, totally. And I, I was uh, saying this to to a buddy. It, it reminds me of like the 2013 ish draft, like the where Eric Fisher went one sure. to the Chiefs. Like, and you know, a lot of a lot of offensive linemen, but. Mm-hmm. Like what the hell was going on? Like no, you know, no one knows what's what's happening, yeah. and um, I, I feel like the, those vibes are coming. Yeah, I think it's the quarter. Uh, to me, it's just because there are like potentially three or four quarterbacks that could go in the top ten, but there aren't as many teams that need a quarterback or may even take them. If that makes more sense, uh, that could be like, well, if they start sliding, then what happens? Like, there's just so much like potential of what ifs. Like, if the, if, I'll be honest, like if Anthony Richardson falls to fifteen. Like, there's going to be a strong part of me that's going to really want the Jets to take him. Because, like, listen, Aaron Rodgers ain't playing forever. Let yeah. him sit behind uh, Rodgers for two years, you know, and we can trade Zach Wilson. I don't even care. Let's see what Anthony Richardson <laughs> can do when Rodgers leaves, because that would be unbelievable. Ka- you know? that, that would be chaos. Totally. Be, uh, I love chaos. I'm always rooting for it. <laughs> love it. Well, well uh, thanks again. And we'll, we'll definitely uh, have you back on there, Dave, uh, to not only recap the the draft but just uh always love your insight on the on the sports world totally and the mic's always uh open for you so i appreciate your time bud i always appreciate the invite i always appreciate everyone uh their kind words especially mike Haas. thank you for listening michael you're the best <laughs> look at that shout out our number yes. one listener <laughs> well uh for dave separson my name's sam thanks so much for listening make sure you you follow us on instagram at chasing points podcast and uh you know wherever you listen uh leave a leave a nice little rating and and those five stars it goes a long way to help us uh get seen out there in the world so for dave my name's sam thanks so much for listening and uh we'll be back uh you'll have a new pod on wednesday morning uh with brandon and i until then uh talk to you soon